0: The Fed has not come out saying we're gonna back deposits. The FDIC has not come out saying we're gonna back deposits. Mm-hmm. Nobody has tried to stop the bleeding. They're just hoping the news cycle doesn't catch up. Right. And that is never a winning strategy. No, If no. your winning strategy is based on hope, then you have not stopped the bleeding. No. And they haven't stopped the bleeding. No. So I look at all this and I look at the economy and I think to myself, like, okay, right. we're we're playing roulette right. with people's lives. Right. So I I feel Me personally, as
1: of right now, I'm going to come out and make a prediction. Mm. They're not cutting in July.
0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra premium unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. Relax your mind and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Thanks for tuning in once again, everyone. This is the number one financial literacy podcast in the world. Welcome back to the show, everybody. That's my hairy-knuckled co-host, Syed Omar.
1: Pew, pew, pew. pew.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ! At least I didn't do it this time. <laughs> At least I ruined it. I just, want, I just,
1: I just want you to know when I'm doing it, I'm making fun of him every time. Fucking bad guy! I'm
0: Fucking gonna start calling villain. you Sparkles, bro. You're, you're the villain. What? Sp- That's your villain name,
1: wait, Sparkles. Wait, what? Who Sparkles? You're Sparkles, the villain. Well, I've never heard of Sparkles, the villain.
0: That's because you're new. <laughs> That's what you came up with, Sparkles. Sparkles, the villain. I'm not gonna lie; it's pretty insulting. It's a- <laughs> It's insulting, <laughs> yeah. and it's ominous at the same time. Yeah. Ooh, is Sparkles going to find out? Mr. Sparkles is a game show host and villain who almost sent Mochi to the sun. The fact that you know this is very questionable. No, Where's I didn't. Arun pulled this up. No, bro.
1: the villain. Oh, Mr. Sparkles that's also a villain. You know what that this is. Pink hair, courageous
0: outfit. That's you.
1: Oh, you know what?
0: That's yeah. Oh, God, that is you. That's a good look for me. That's like a bow tie ascot. And some big ass white heels. That's you. That's me. I'll take it. You're Sparkles the Villain. All right. Well, everyone, this week, Sparkles the Villain and I are going to talk to you about the default fears rattling Main Street investors, which I like to call bullshit. But Uh hey, every once in a while, you know, Sparkles and I got to talk about it. Yep. Home prices posted the largest annual drop in more than 11 years in April. Oh, no. Say it isn't so. Dave Ramsey, where are you? Where is he? Kind of silent. Home prices aren't going to go down every year for the next five years. No, it's not. You <laughs> lying sack of shit. <laughs> J.P. Morgan assets say market is markets are right to bet on the U.S. rate cuts. Reading rainbow, and then yet the Fed Mester, our Fed uh, Mester's last name, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, says not, uh, not yet at the point where it can hold rates pretty much kicking JP Morgan and the ding ding.
1: <laughs> no, they actually JP Morgan siding with them. Are they though? Well, not siding with them. They 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 see where this is all going. But we'll get into I it. I think
0: there's a lot of opinions on this topic, but we'll we'll ease into that gracefully. How about that? Let's do it.
1: And we're going to wrap up the show with um what do, you, what do you what would you like to call
0: it? A shit show. <laughs> yes. The end of this show will be a shit show. Yeah. Sponsored by Fuck around and find out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, We're going to talk about Elon Musk and some of his comments that I strongly agree with and how they relate to my personal working experience and how uh, some of you out there uh, may be, I hope, emboldened by some of this stuff and at least take a little bit of the, the sometimes money isn't the solution example from all of it.
1: Yeah. 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 Right there. Right there. We'll leave it there. That's the
0: sweet spot. Shall we start off with the uh, default fears rattling mainstream investors? Uh, I have a feeling like they're not fearing it. Yeah. So a little trip down memory lane, kids. Here, um, <laughs> 78 out of the last 78 times, we have reached the debt ceiling. hmm Over hundreds of years. Right. We have increased the debt ceiling. Mm. So it's safe to say that this time, number 79. Mm-hmm. That despite the political back and forth of the Democrats and the Republicans and the media and social media going, Oh, my God, rates can spike up to 8% if we don't take the debt ceiling and raise it. Remind me of Jim Carrey right there. Was it? Yeah. To be or not to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to say the overwhelming odds are they're going to raise it for the 79th time. Said, what say you sparkles? I
1: think I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. I don't understand why this is going to have to take so long. Obviously, one party is trying to get something out of the other party, kind of like what you do with me here at the studio, Mr. Villain. But um, this thing is ultimately going to get done, whether it's in the next two weeks or the next three, four, five, six weeks.
0: Yeah, it'll get done. And honestly, the, the, the markets the last two days have rallied on the ideology that we are close to finding a positive resolution for the debt ceiling. Yes, banking sector has been up. Largely because of all things, the default fears not being fears that they're confident there will be a resolution in the days and weeks to come.
1: Yes, that and I believe the Fed funds future market with um, expectations of the Fed cutting rates by the end of the year. But we'll get into that later,
0: which is a really polarizing and strange kind of position that we're in because everybody's pontificating, and right now you can tell when you really get to the point where like everybody is just pure speculation mm-hmm. when there's such a wide-ass amount of differing opinions. Right. We are there. Especially when some of
1: those opinions are coming from the Fed themselves and everyone else is saying, yeah, no, we don't believe you.
0: I heard a really good take today. It didn't make the show notes, but I think it's worth sharing. Mm. Is I don't remember who she was, but she was on CNBC. She was very articulate, very smart, and she was saying that I think now – We're at the point where if the Fed does increase interest rates, Mm -hmm. you're going to have an FOMC minutes come out, which shows a clear dissension amongst the ranks of Fed members who felt that another increase was not necessary. Oh, yeah. Whereas before, up until now, Mm -hmm. it's been unanimous. Right. Unanimously for increasing rates. And the best
1: part about this one is that at the next FOMC meeting, uh, June 13th and 14th, I believe- um,
0: a, you look so serious when you say that to me. June 14th and 13th, I believe.
1: I believe, if you will. Um, if you will. If you will. Um, the Fed will. The FOMC will also release their summary of economic projections, the SEP report, which also gives you greater detail and insight on where they see this going
0: um, in the long term. I'm going to stop mid-drink. That's all right, because yeah. I'm prepared to swallow and accept what you have said to me. I'm not doing that. <laughs> doing what? You do you, you, Go ahead. It's a euphemism, and I'm sorry that you can't get your mind out of the gutter for a euphemism. Uh huh. By the way, that's two strikes. By the way, on site for being it a is it way. is two strikes. That's exactly where I was going. It's like you read my mind. It's like oh, you're you inside my head. Side. You that's, know what that's it is. Fucked up? You know it is a little fucked up, and I'm trying. I'm trying to run a clean show here, buddy. Yeah. Okay. We want and we if want, you can't want get sponsors. the sparkles
1: out of your head, we want sponsors one day.
0: And i again, I'm going to point out in a ruin. I want you to be honest with me here, okay? As the voice of reason amongst the three of us. Amongst his threesome, if you will, I want you to tell me if I ever directly said anything profoundly, like nasty or sexual. Yet this man laughs at everything I say.
1: I know you better than everyone in this room. Do you really? I'm, I'm leaving do. him on red. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm leaving you on red, brother. <laughs> yeah. I'm leaving you on red. Shh. We're um. talking to Saeed right now. I <laughs> see. So he didn't agree with you. He didn't, <laughs> agree, with he you. didn't agree with me. Really?
1: Yeah. I thought uh-huh. I was. I
0: thought I was the innocent victim here.
1: No, no, no. Yeah, well, I guess I'm not. But yeah, so 78 of the last 78 times, they've raised the debt ceiling. We cover that. Yeah, that was so a terrible. It's segment. gonna. It's it's gonna happen again. Minus
0: one for your co-hosting skills tonight, brother. No, I'm trying to get us back on track. We we never fell off track. We did. We we're gonna go right to the home prices situation in, from the Wall Street Journal. That home prices posted their largest annual drop in more than 11 years in April. Wow. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. <laughs> Sales of previously owned homes fell 3.4% from the prior month, and despite all the fanfare you see on social media and from your realtors that you see online, there is a fundamental problem with the markets that some people in the world may not have predicted (laughs) and thought was going to happen. Yeah, Um, People like, uh, I don't know... uh, The guy with Ram in his last name. Mm. Can never trust a man with Ram in his last name. Never trust a man with Ram in his last name. And Gordon Ramsay, that applies to you. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I did not do this to you. I don't like the way he treats the chefs. I don't like that either. I think it's very derogatory. Right. He knows what he's doing. He does. And it's all for, you know, it's clout. It's clout based. And a lot of people with Ram in their last name say stuff that might not be accurate for clout. Right. Like the supposition that home prices are going to go up every year for the next five years.
1: Unbelievable. So yeah, they fell 3.4 percent month over month. Actually, down 23.2 percent year over year. Um, first-time home buyers, who historically make up of about 40 percent of the home sales, actually only made up 29 percent. So I think in the previous months, what we noticed was the first-time home buyers were really um, the buyers that were propping up this market still. But now you're starting to see a decline there. And right now, we know in the springtime. This is the season where the market's supposed to be the hottest.
0: It is. It is supposed to be the hottest right now, and unfortunately, I don't think um, I don't think the fears and the phobia that we normally see during recessionary economies are understated at this moment in time. I think mm-hmm. I think what you're seeing is a pretty visible and palpable set of circumstances, which are going to get more and more impactful. Yeah. Right now, you're seeing the headlines. You're seeing the fear. Yeah. But I don't think people are recognizing that it's going to apply to them and their personal lives and their spending. Yes. Uh, Home Depot was a big canary in the coal mine. The banking sector was a huge canary in the coal mine. Mm-hmm. And what comes next is paying for the consumer. And when paying for the consumer kicks in, they're going to go, well, shit, do I really want to buy a new house right now?
1: Mm-hmm. The what answer you, is going to be
0: no. What do you think is going to have to happen
1: uh, for rates to continue to go higher if the Fed does not uh, continue to raise rates?
0: Well, the Treasury yield curve inversion needs needs to come out of inversion, right? So right. the... Uh, do you
1: see a world where rates go higher than where they are now
0: oh yeah 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 Mm -hmm. 100 percent. i think um, there's going to be two logical next steps okay okay? step number one despite the fanfare that you're seeing in the news and all the things you're hearing this is not a credit tightening cycle this is merely just liquidity being pulled out of the markets and banks saying okay i'm not going to put out dollars today that could be worth less tomorrow if the fed continues this interest rate increasing cycle yes What comes next is certainly, however, a credit tightening cycle. And with the concerns over CRE, most notably retail and office space, Mm -hmm. there's gonna be a dramatic amount of uncertainty, but certainly as this all escalates, small business, medium-sized businesses, consumers, will all start to have additional defaults. We will see an uptick in defaults. We will see an uptick in special assets, assets that are classified for accounting purposes, or higher mm-hmm. meaning adversely classified worse right Right. will start to creep up on banks balance sheets and then banks in this credit tightening cycle they'll all start pulling in money they'll keep more for reserves and then what happens there's more people who want loans than people who are willing to give loans mm-hmm. classic supply and demand right and if there's more people who want this than people who are willing to give it you can increase the cost of it, Mm -hmm. which means rates will rise because banks and lenders will be able to get more money out of you. Even though the Fed interest rate increasing cycle may come to a pause, like we have said on the show multiple times, the pain for the consumer is not the raising rates, it's the holding rates.
1: Absolutely. And um, this actually didn't make headlines this last time around, but the Fed's Beige Book came out last week again, and lending volumes and loan demand generally declined across consumers and businesses' loan types.
0: Isn't it weird how the last time it came out, there was a huge amount of criticism and thought around it? Right. And this time it came out and no one said a word? No,
1: Nobody said a word about it
0: this time. It's weird, right? Right, it is weird. And so
1: if you think right now, it, it, there's not a credit crunch.
0: No. Right? Liquidity tightening cycle, kids. That's yeah. the vernacular. Tell your friends. <laughs> Tell your friends. I've been here for years. Yeah. And... Soon to come, what is that? That is a explain yourself. Rogue about. pineapple party punch, so, dedicated to tropical escapes. A hazy India pale ale brewed with pineapple and toasted coconut. Defend yourself! They're, they're defend not myself. Our, this is they're, amazing. They're, come on! I'm a connoisseur. It's a fucking IPA, man. We got fucking Buffalo Trace back here. We got. Would you like a glass? Custom No. Why would you not like a glass?
1: Um, I've been on my health kick.
0: That's why your sweater has a zipper on the side. <laughs>
1: that, that's, I don't even know what, is, what, what that's What is that for. for? I have no idea but what But you have for. it. It's for my protein bar. It's for your protein bar? Yeah. You need it in your belly button what's your, hole? What's your, what's your go-to protein bar these
0: days? That's a, that's a dramatic sidestep. I'm trying to get you off this topic <laughs> as quick as I've, possible. I've been trying to eat whole foods and not have protein. However, I recently felt, I, I didn't have like milk-based uh protein shakes for a long long time but there's a mm. a milk based one my wife's been buying from costco called core protein or something like that uh, okay I've seen it. it's it got like 40 something grams of protein mm. tastes amazing and uh i've been i've been trying to get so i mean for my for my weight like 250 pounds mm-hmm. to get that much protein in a day is not easy it's not easy so yeah. i've been supplementing with the two to three protein shakes i've been measuring
1: i've been measuring uh my protein intake for the last week or so god damn it's hard man I, that's the only thing I'm trying to control right now is protein intake. Mm. It's really hard. So
0: a lot of yeah, core core power. That's the one. Thank you. Core
1: power. What it uh, have?
0: A lot of um, carbs though. I don't really care. I'm I'm, I'm really just really? I'm just trying to get protein in. Yeah. Mm, I feel the carbs with as, he, as heavy as I've been working and like working out and like lifting. Like I, I'm not worried about the. I mix the carbs. my
1: I mix my protein shakes with almond milk.
0: And honestly, the. Um, I think we've come to the end of the cycle where I think we as society can stop demonizing carbs. Yeah, I agree. Carbs are 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 a necessary prerequisite to eating and like lifting and like having energy. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, there are some people whose bodies thrive on low carbs or no carb diets. Fine, like Mm -hmm. if you're one of those people and that works for you, great. Go do it. Right. I'm not going to sit here and like mansplain how like a certain diet is better because that's stupid. Yeah. everybody's physiology is different. Like yeah. your genetics are different. My genetics are different. Yeah. Me personally, I, th- I can lose a shit ton of weight on a low carb diet, mm-hmm. but I thrive on a high carb, lower fat diet. Yeah. And maybe that's cause I'm on testosterone and i do not have to worry about testosterone levels cause you know, fat and testosterone play. I feel like a it has nice a lot role. to
1: do with what you get your body used to.
0: Too. I don't even know if it's that. I think it comes down to as simple as like, and I know it's going to sound, you know, a little speculative, but it's really not. I truly believe that different people's genetic physiology plays a huge role in what diet works for them. Right, and for people like I think that's why people are like completely hard up about oh this diet works amazing it's the best one in the world and somebody else tries that diet they're like man that was shit yeah I tried keto and I gained weight like fuck this diet
1: yeah well you you could also you could also Get results and not be happy and feel good, right? It's, oh, yeah, yeah, dude. So low like, carb at the end diets, of the day, it's calorie in, calorie out. You'll lose. I feel right? fine on low
0: carb diets. I know people who have low carb diets and they're like, fuck my life, yeah, they it's, have it's headaches, over. yeah, it's the worst. I don't, I never had those problems, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just, I'm, I'm my only biggest, my biggest problem is I'm too sexy all the time,
1: too sexy all, all the time, time.
0: yeah, mm. it's just always on, you know.
1: Oh, you're always on,
0: on sexy. What are you on, yeah? I actually got my shots today, so I feel pretty good. Oh, yeah. wow, today's Thursday, brother. HCG estrogen blocker. Mm. also known as Boobie Blocker, and my testosterone. Mm. I'm juiced up. You are. I came in here ready to go. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> All right. So um,
1: with this, I don't even know where we left off. We, we went so far off track.
0: We left off on Rogue Pineapple Party Punch.
1: Oh, your Rogue Pineapple Party Punch. It does have a little bit of toasted
0: coconut, man.
1: So the, ex- the expectations, though, across the country, on the Fed Funds Future Market right now, is that they are going to be rate cuts.
0: Bloomberg's World Interest Rate Probability Index has crept up to a 24% probability for an interest rate increase of 25 basis points mm-hmm. in June. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say that the general consensus is that they will be holding rates. Yes. But there has been a growing chorus of people, not only on CNBC, but also throughout all sorts of traditional media that I've been watching. Mm-hmm. JP Morgan, amongst them, that have had... Um, a bit of a dichotomy, if you will, of, of positions on this. Okay. So this article, according to J.P. Morgan uh, from Bloomberg, J.P. Morgan assets says, markets are right to bet on U.S. rate cuts. Fed may lower rates by third quarter as U.S. growth slows. Recession is needed to bring inflation back down.
1: So if if they if they believe this to be true, right, we've talked about it before on the show, that the Fed will, in fact, have to not only hold but potentially – uh, cut rates if one of two events happen, right? If we're in a severe enough recession, because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, part of the job is to make sure that there's, you know, positive economic growth, right? Second of all, their second job is imp- unemployment, right? Um, or employment, whichever whichever way you want to look at it.
0: Either way, same thing. Potato, tomato. Uh,
1: either way, same thing. So, Q1 GDP of this year was 1.1 percent, positive, right? It's been declining, though. Q3 of 2022 was 3.2%. Mm-hmm. Q4 of 2022 was 2.6%. So you can see 3.2, 2.6, 1.1. So if we continue to go down this trend by Q3, I mean, it could be the start of a recession, right?
0: Well, at so, least
1: at least by, by definition, even though they didn't follow the definition last time.
0: And that, that's where this all gets kind of a wrinkle, right? My point with the Bloomberg article and my point with kind of the macro picture here is, Mm -hmm. is now more than any other time over the last several months, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of uncertainty. What happens next? Yeah. And because of this uncertainty, you're going to see a lot of talking heads trying to argue the case of what they think is going to happen in the economy. Okay. Most people believe, most believe that a recession is inevitable at this point. Okay. Start there. Let's just take that as a foregone conclusion. Okay. The Fed has said they will not cut rates during this year, 2023. Yes. Yet people like JP Morgan, people like some of the Fed representatives in some of the 12 districts. Oh, man. Believe that rate cuts this year, sometimes in November, sometimes in third quarter, they have different reference points, will happen this year. Bloomberg's World Interest Rate Probability Index has a high probability of interest rate cuts in July, just a month after the June pause. Which I don't see happening.
1: Maybe not. I mean, July's meeting is end of I, the month, look, right? I look, at the end of the day, for the business that we're in, it would behoove me if they did cut the rates.
0: SAT vocabulary on fleek.
1: Ralph. High, High key. key. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it coming. Yeah, I was were, waiting. You knew it. Yeah, yeah. I knew. I knew. Yeah. So, but in order, if, if they truly want to get this, you know, inflation number down to 2%, that that's not going to happen. But some of these Fed presidents that we were talking about, I got some quotes from them that came out this week. Fed now, pre- is this
0: a picture of Fed the yep. Fed President Mester?
1: Yep. yep, Loretta Mester. She looks like a Loretta. Yeah, that works. <laughs> it does work, right? Yeah, no, that, that, that's, from uh... the from the Bank of Cleveland, she says the approach. Okay. Yeah, also looks like a Clevelandite. Yeah, the approach I'm taking is that I would like the policy rate to get to a point where, when I'm thinking about what would the next policy change be. I want it to be equally a potential increase versus a decrease. When we get the policy to that rate, I think we're gonna be holding for a while in order to make sure that the interest rate is coming back down. So I don't put it in the terms of a pause, I put it in terms of a hold, doc if you will. Have we gotten to the rate yet? At this point, given the data we've gotten so far, I would say
0: no. I need to see more evidence that inflation is still coming down. Oh man. Okay. So I've got I've got a a a pretty wide opinion on this. By the way, she does not have a vote. Yeah, I know. (laughs) She's non voting member. Yeah. Thanks, Loretta.
1: Yeah, you can like puff out your chest all you (laughs) want. Let's not scare me. Say what
0: you want to say. It's cute. Yeah. But I'm gonna vote my way. It's like that guy on the basketball court. I'm gonna punch you in the face, you ain't gonna do nothing. Bro, you number twelve. Yeah. Okay, go sit on the bench. (laughs) Go go sit down. And unless like seven of us get injured, (laughs) you're not playing. Okay. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me more about the triangle.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: There is an argument, however slim, that we've reached the point where the Fed target rate is above inflation rate. Yes. Well, yeah, PCE. PCE. Mm-hmm. So traditionally speaking, that was the inflection point to drive inflation down to the target rate, mm-hmm. all things being considered. However, I could, ar- I could argue that if you're following Milton Friedman's, Friedman's, uh, methodology on this where he said that generally speaking that the market left to consumers and small business would self-regulate itself better than any government intervention could. Okay. And that you have to be super dependent on the data not the intentions. That's his key concepts of monetarism. Uh, and it won him a Nobel Prize. But not I feel a dumb like, man.
1: But I feel like we've reached a point now where I mean that theory I, I, I can't see it staying true forever. Well, there's too much money there's too much money
0: circulating, right? Too many greedy people, too many greedy companies. Cash flows everything around me. Cream. Dollar dollar bills, y'all.
1: Y'all. Wu Tang.
0: Wu Tang Forever. Always. <laughs> Sixteen chambers. Favorite member of Wu Tang Go. Rizza. Awesome. Oof.
1: Yeah. Actually I take that back. Sorry. You know go Method? Yeah. Yeah. Method.
0: Method's charismatic. But RZA's a genius. Yeah, you see the movie that he was in with there's uh, a couple Repo Man, Repo Man. Yeah, no, he was
1: he was in another movie too, Derailed. Yeah, that one with Clive o- with Clive Owen. Clive and- Owen,
0: good. Watch him in Repo Man. Good, really. Yeah, really he good. plays a drug addict slash music producer. Mm-hmm. But uh, there is something very humanizing about. I think that he, role. I think he was
1: the brains behind like the Shaolin.
0: Yeah, you could. I can see that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Bet you didn't think you were getting that on today's episode.
0: We we'll tank forever, bro.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but look, let's not overlook Loretta. Well, I mean, her stack maybe. But uh let let, let let's not overlook her thoughts. Her opinions.
1: Terrible human being.
0: <laughs> we can't all be sex symbols, bro. <laughs> Sparkles, you know what I mean? <laughs> so So Loretta Loretta is not wrong. She's trying to suggest what data can I point to outside of the intention? That says, I know that the target rate is above the inflation rate. I know this typically drives things down. But let's not look at the intention, Milton Friedman. Let's look at the, the actual data. Mm-hmm. This is what Jerome Powell's been saying over and over and over again. We're going to be very data dependent. What data supports no more Fed increases? I I, I, this does I mean, not benefit me. I don't want this to happen. You and I,
1: have we go over the data every week. And we agree with her on that on that statement. That none of the data looks good. It's coming down. It's coming down slowly, though. It's sticky, right? We're not getting there anytime soon. But Sweaty and sticky. It's, it's not just her. And what I wonder is, okay, we've talked about it before. Jerome Powell has been more outspoken than any Fed chair or any Fed secretary.
0: He's extremely communicative compared to his predecessors. Right. So, but, okay, now put
1: him aside. Now we got other Fed presidents. Oh, God damn. What is that? Come on, man. Don't Arun, do Arun, is that Loretta too? You're supposed to keep. Yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to keep him on track.
0: Why? I'm, I know this is very. Uh... She looks very angry there. Wow, I feel like she "Doctor Jackal and Mister Hyde."
1: A, she's having a conversation with Elizabeth
0: Warren. Why is her
1: teeth that fucked up? Or my glasses not on? No, no, they're messed up. Are they really? Yeah, pay her more. Let's fix
0: her. Grill. No, her, her teeth look fine there.
1: It, she yeah. a bad. It's she be a looks bad like photo. a very sweet lady. It's a bad photo. Bad photo. It's just a bad. But photo. so we all have, now, we all have so photos. Jerome Powell is is being outspoken. Now we got other Fed presidents like. At what point in time in history have you ever, I mean, maybe you have, but me personally, I have never known so many Fed presidents' names. I'm like, what's going on here? Why, why are they all you guys in the news cycle all the time? I feel like with them coming the, this out- This is their moment of shine. Shine? I feel like- This w- is what they do. This, I, this is them. I feel like this is their way of trying to still keep consumer sentiment down. They don't want everyone to get overly excited here. No.
0: No, they don't. And keep in mind, so there's 12 districts yes. of the FOMC, right? Mm-hmm. She represents one district uh mm-hmm. waller new york kashgari i mean everybody's got a different district yeah each one of these districts across the country Post-Dick, atlanta yeah each one of these districts they might have different perspectives that's what the beige books for yes the beige books gives you the district's perspective perspective yeah it's <laughs> just too many bears. uh perspective on what their region and their district is actually being imp- you know, how they're being impacted what they, look, what they look like and their opinions right So yeah, I mean it's it's normal for them to have a a varying degree of opinions, and I think the fact that you're you're seeing such a wide difference means that you are seeing a recessionary economy permeate some markets and not in others. And that look, what's a better proxy for that in the real estate market? Mm -hmm. Some real estate in some areas is down. Some real estate in some other areas is up.
1: Right, but they've come out and they've been very outspoken of not only holding rates as the beautiful kind, the redemester has echoed, but your boy, Raphael Bostick, Fred, president of Atlanta, you know what this guy came out and said? Decided to scare everybody.
0: You know what he said? Uh, Yeah, I do actually. He said uh, if vote on policy were today would vote to hold steady. No, no, no. He would vote to hold steady today but... but That's, that's the article from Reuters said. Yeah. You gonna retrade Reuters? No,
1: no, no. no. That, that was the overall sentiment. But more likely to raise rates than to cut by the end of the year. That's what he says further in this article.
0: No, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean it's his opinion. That just means that, no, that was he that knows was, the voting opinion of the FOMC yeah, is and, probably to raise rates.
1: And he goes on to say that he would not consider cutting rates unless inflation, which is now at 4.2%, I believe he's re- referring to the uh, PCE uh, inflation figure, that would need to be to the mid or high threes. Wow, really?
0: Yeah. That seems, uh, yeah, there it is right there, yeah. So but he that's... would not consider cutting rates unless inflation, now at 4.2 percent by the Fed's preferred measure, which is core inflation. Good job, mm-hmm. Saeed. Fell farther than to the mid to high threes. Wow, where, where, he expects... where he
1: expects it to be by the end of the year. So maybe cut it by the end of the year or beginning of next year. But as of right now, the Fed funds future market, Chicago Mercantile Exchange, which has not been wrong yet to this point, right? And now they do make adjustments as we get closer to each. FOMC meeting, mm-hmm. 0% chance that the Fed will keep rates where they are right now through the end of the year. 0% chance. I that, think that, that, that's got to be accurate. I mean, Guarante- they locked in guaranteed two cuts by the end of the year, possibly three. Wow, that's ballsy. Right? So what does that tell you? If, if I see that, I, I, don't, I no longer view it as they don't believe the Fed. I feel like they know something's going to break. I think everybody knows someone's going to break.
0: Yeah. The banking system is already cracking. Mm-hmm. And whatever comes next will be your ramifications of what we've already seen and chosen not to do anything about. Right. The, the Fed has not come out saying we're going to back deposits. The FDIC has not come out saying we're going to back deposits. Mm-hmm. Nobody has tried to stop the bleeding. They're just hoping the news cycle doesn't catch up. Right. And that is never a winning strategy. No, if no. If your winning strategy is based on hope, then you have not stopped the bleeding. No. And they haven't stopped the bleeding. No, So I look at all this and I look at the economy, and I think to myself, like, okay, we're, we're playing roulette right. with people's lives. Right. So I,
1: I feel, me personally, as of right now, I'm going to come out and make a prediction. Hmm. They're not cutting in July. Okay?
0: No, it's a, it's a
1: fair prediction. I think that's probably I, fair. I, I definitely think they hold in June, right? And I think they continue to hold in July. And that might be enough of a shakeup Right for because right now we know the treasuries right now are holding on to hope of cuts by the end of the year, and if people are starting to hope and, and predict rate cuts by July, and if they hold it again after that, I don't know if there's a meeting in August. Um, is there? I know there's one in September, mm-hmm. but I don't know if there's one in August. Um, Arun, can you look that up, please? Um, yeah, bro,
0: we waiting over here. Come on, man.
1: Yeah but you've been coughing on the last three episodes what's going on with you it's you need to up the showers that's what you need to do don't take me i, your I t- got him sick no no hopefully not yeah let's hope not what but is, seriously what's going on the last three shows you've been coughing what, what, what is it what is it I don't, it's i think a post nasal drip it's a thing you've heard of that have, have you no, know I, I know what it
0: is yeah with that with that nasal so you have slimy fluid going in the back of your throat <laughs> that's what it is right Mucus. yeah Mucus. Th- three
1: beers and look what happens to him. See, this guy's going off the rails tonight. That's, that, 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 that's what it bo- That's that, why that, I had that, that throw. That, clearing that, issue. Are you getting? Are you? Are you excited about the upcoming vacation trips?
0: They're- Stop that! <laughs> don't do that. They're not vacations, you <laughs> selfish bastard. You know how hard. You get me to fight my wife, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, don't, don't do <laughs> that. Don't do that. Wait, you told me. You told me you're going to be relaxing on the beach or something. No, like, don't, wow. don't you, don't you, what? son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I will punch you right in the dick. Okay, <laughs> like that is that is wildly okay. inappropriate. I'm joking. Come on, man. Yeah. So where are you going this week? Uh, shit, we're gonna go right into this. No, oh, yeah. Uh, I leave on Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, to New York. I've got a dinner with some, with some clients. Uh, that night in uh in New York. hmm And then I walk back to my hotel. Wake up super early. Uh, I think I got to be at 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning at the Raymond James conference there. Super busy is what
1: you're trying to portray.
0: No, it's just you asked me what I was doing in New York. I know, yeah. So a conference, (laughs) a symposium.
1: Symposium, wow.
0: I'm sophisticated. Yeah. It's a symposium where I'll be there to speak on things about this and about that. Yeah. So if you're wondering why, because now
1: our episodes are on YouTube, I'm I'm only bringing this up because people are going to wonder why we're wearing the same outfit. On back-to-back episodes. We recorded back-to-back episodes tonight because Chris is going out of town, and Aruna and I were gracious enough to make adjustments.
0: Gracious enough? Gracious. You know how pouty you were? You were missing the liquor game?
1: I didn't want to watch that shit. Yeah, we you lost. did. We lost. I knew we were going to lose. Yeah,
0: well. We. See, if you guys would have saved me some time by not being so pouty, we would not have to record back-to-back. We could record yesterday like we originally planned.
1: Speaking of pouty, mm. hear about your boy Elon? Yeah. Let's get right into it. So what happened? What happened with this guy? Apparently, he's coming out and saying, I'll say what I want if the consequences of that is losing money, so be it. I don't give a damn. Fuck Dave Ramsey. He didn't say the last one. No, word. he didn't say
0: the fuck Dave Ramsey thing. but Yeah. Could have. Yeah. So he did an interview from uh, the Tesla factory in Austin on mm-hmm. CNBC. And I watched uh, a good amount of this from my office. It aired like middle of the day. Mm-hmm. late Later in the afternoon, actually. And, um... That quote in particular resonated with me. So he was being interviewed, and when he was interviewed, he'd ask questions. Mm -hmm. He he gave a very palpable pause. Yes. He paused. He kind of looked off to the side, and he was thoughtful. I mean, he was being—she was trying to be pragmatic Mm -hmm. about how he answered these questions. And then he—so he was probed about his social media presence, and he was probed about— A tweet. Tweets and for George Soros, right? He George caught. Soros, amongst other things. I mean, he's, I mean, four hundred and twenty, and manipulating stock prices, and I'm going to buy Twitter. Mm-hmm. And he paused, and he said, "I'll say what I want, and if the consequences are that losing losing money, then then so be it. So be it." And uh, I retweeted that that article and that comment, mm-hmm. and gave him a tremendous amount of praise because I think that that's it's frustrating as hell for me on a personal level. Um, we don't mention the company that we work for on the show on purpose a Mm -hmm. lot. Um, and we go out of our way to not talk about what we do on our daily lives in detail. Right. But it never fails. Um, invariably somebody will try to use this podcast against me and I'm an executive at a small publicly traded institution. We're not Apple, we're not Google. I don't have any delusions of grandeur about who I am. Right. I don't feel like me fitting into the role of what people's perception of a mold is should define me. Mm-hmm. We're doing this show, What t- I don't know what time it is. What time is it right now? Like ten, eleven o'clock at night? What time is
1: it? Right now it is 11 o'clock at night.
0: 11 o'clock at night. On a Thursday night. You, me, Arun, we're going to get less sleep than we normally otherwise would if we went home, watched Netflix with our wives and chilled. Yeah. We come here, we put in time to do this, to put out content that we hope will help people. Yeah. And sure, there's some references that might be juvenile or humorous or, or maybe immature or maybe a reference to something that somebody doesn't like. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we're fucking here, clocking in to do something, asking nothing in return, but to try to help people. Right. That is the ultimate goal. That is the ultimate goal. And sure, will we monetize? Probably. At some point in time, eventually, but the fact of the matter is, we are sacrificing time mm-hmm. to do this, and this show has been used against me in more fucking ways than I care to recount. But I'll I'll just give you a, high, a highlight highlight a highlight reel, okay? Mm-hmm. I have had people say that me doing this podcast means that I am not focusing on my job yeah. during normal business hours. We typically don't even start recording until nine p.m. Right? Oh. Then they say, oh, well, okay, fine. If he's not taking away time from work, it's, oh, it's, he can't be a fiduciary for the company because he's out there giving his opinion. What in the actual fuck does my opinion have to do with a reflection of the company? Right. And since when did that become such a problem? Mm -hmm. Kathy Wood from ARK Investments is on CNBC all the time. Right. Mark Zandi at Moody's has his own podcast. Peter Schiff has his own podcast. And the man owned a bank at one point in time. Granted, a failed bank. Right. Elon Musk is the world's wealthiest man, Right. giving interviews on CNBC, going on Joe Rogan smoking marijuana. Has that stopped his companies from succeeding? No. No. Has it stopped him from becoming the world's wealthiest man? No. No. We fall in line with these weird-ass 1960s ideals, and we expect, if you're a banker, that's all you can be. Yeah. And let me tell you right now, if Sam Zell settled for just being a property manager, he would have never been a billionaire. Right. Why should I sacrifice who I should be for your opinion of what I should be? Right. And maybe the fact that you think that I shouldn't do these things is a limiting belief that you have that stops you from growing, not from me. That's what I think it ultimately is. Right. So I look at people like Elon Musk, who is willing to buck the trend and say, fuck you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say what I want. And if it costs me money, so be it. But my instincts have gotten me here. Right. Why would I deviate from that? Who amongst you has been more successful than me who can criticize me and tell me that what I'm doing is wrong? Right. Exactly. And I'll tell you the same thing. Every single person who criticizes me, Mm -hmm. every single person who brings this shit to my doorstep, and it happens almost on a weekly basis, is usually somebody I don't have respect for. You have not tried to do more than I am. And that's the baseline for getting respect from me. Right. I just, a couple, couple days ago, I had somebody call me up and say, hey, I had somebody ask me about why you had a podcast. And I remember looking at them going like, okay, why did they ask that? Yeah,
1: why did they feel comfortable asking that? They, they just felt comfortable asking it. Yeah.
0: And then they said, well, you said that you threw a football around, and I hope this dude's listening. Yeah. You threw a football around in the office And that looks bad for the company. Um, Of all things to say. Of all things to say, that's the one thing you hone in on. First of all, thank you for listening to the multiple episodes that it took you to get to that one little gem. Right, exactly. And second of all, yes, 16 years ago. I think we found the asshole that left us a one-star review. When we started the company, probably. When we started the company, there were no cubicles there. And we worked 16 hours a day. Yes. After hours, we would throw a football around and talk about deals in the office because there was nothing else in the office besides five people in a big-ass office space we were hoping to grow into one day. Right. And if me telling that story shows that I'm not capable of having my job, then fuck you and take it. Yeah. The, people like that don't un- understand the first thing when it comes to like team building. Nothing. And here's the irony. You go downstairs at our office building, not because we put it in, because it's just expected now. You have ping pong tables, cornhole, cornhole, bocce ball, right? You got a wide open grass field, outdoor seating. You have concerts that routinely go on food trucks every single day. Dude, and way- I'm the bad guy for throwing a football around an empty office. It's,
1: it's it's because they understand what
0: that can bring to these corporations all around, right? Because culturally people don't un- look, people want to work from home. I respect that. Mm hmm. But the ones that come in, I understand that the power is shifting, the paradigm is shifting back to the employers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But people should have some type of enjoyment in the office. They should have some type of life. Yeah. You don't own them. They should want to work for you because working for you brings them some level of joy above and beyond compensation. But that's a sense of fulfillment or a sense of community or a sense of culture. I feel like, and I feel like
1: the studies are out on that, all that information too, right? people who come to work and they enjoy their work and they want to stay longer, do a better job, they work harder, they work longer hours. And they work for less
0: money. Yeah. I mean, it's just the truth. And I look at the criticisms of people who come after someone like Elon Musk coming after me and I'm like, why are you guys criticizing? Why don't you guys go out there and try to do these things? Yeah. If you think us having a podcast is so toxic, explain to me
1: how it's been toxic. It's because for the longest, and this has been a trend going on now, people respond to the you know, one or 2% of people that leave like negative comments, negative reviews versus Mm. the masses that are following behind this guy and saying like, I love working for
0: this guy. I think he's brilliant. Well, and I'll put it to you this way. Like, when did we get to the point where we wanted leaders to be silent and not heard? Yeah. When was that the position? When did we begin to adopt this like weird, just position of, you know what? The best thing I want from my leadership Is to be quiet and not bring attention.
1: Yeah. What? Yeah. And and nothing that we've done or said on this podcast is whatever should ever be considered detrimental to to the to the company.
0: Well, the opinions expressed in this podcast have nothing to do with the company. Nothing. The same way, if an executive were to go home and have political opinions privately with his wife or his friends, Mm -hmm. those just political opinions. That isn't the company's political opinions, right? I'm not speaking on behalf of the company. No. Right. But yet this supposition that the company owns somebody. Yeah. And that you can't do things that are visible you have to have a private social media account. That's embarrassing. Why would you do that? Who the fuck are you? Right. Who are you? Mm -hmm. You're some dude who doesn't have any of those things hiding behind the ideology Mm -hmm. that you're a professional. Yes. Or how about I'm not a coward like you and I'm able to put myself out in front of people and I'm not afraid of what their opinions of, of me are. Right. I'm not afraid of your criticisms of me. Yeah. Because for every one of you, there's 10 employees who walk down the hall and they learned something from a show like this. Right. And I'm okay with that. I may have gone a little long on the criticism.
1: No, but that was good.
0: Was it? Yeah. Respect. Respect. Yeah. I can't do the finger snap thing. Uh, let me see. Let me I've tried. I've do done it
1: in a long time. Got headphones on. You can't hear it. I can hear it. No, I can hear it. It's yeah.
0: Incredibly awkward. How flimsy your hands are. Oh no, mine are too muscular for that. They yeah. <laughs> don't. They do make that snapping sound like that. No, no. no okay, no, no, gotcha. Do Did you practice that a lot when you were a kid, growing up, watching it? Allergy.
1: There you go. That's where that's where <laughs> it all stemmed from. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Who we now know is basically you. Uh, yeah, effectively, he's my doppelganger. All right, read the quotes. Uh, read the read the question from our friend there, Charles. So uh, we we gave Charles a shout out on the
1: last episode. We're gonna give him something something else again. This time, uh, maybe something we do recurring moving forward. But uh, a little real estate hot tip of the day. Hot tip. Hot tip. You got a hot tip? I do. Hmm. <laughs> I didn't realize you
0: wanted my hot tip. <laughs> no. Now? No. Uh, my man Charles Chamberlain Jr. wants a hot tip. <laughs> okay. So. When I first started buying real estate, I never bought with the idea of having investment properties. I bought my first piece of real estate sorry mm-hmm. um, with the idea of buying a piece of real estate with the least amount of money that I could put down. Right. Not because I was trying to put as little money down as I could, just because I, was, I wanted to buy something with the quickest way possible. Yes. And then I realized that I could live in that property or I could rent it out. Now, some of the loans you originally get are owner-occupied loans. You have to live in in the property. Yes. Okay. That's your contractual obligation. It's part of
1: your loan documents.
0: But over a period of time, should you choose to move out and buy another property, Mm -hmm. and then you rent that other property out, that's totally acceptable. After a certain period of time. After a certain period of time, a couple of years, let's say. Yeah. So let's say you buy a property, you live in it for a couple of years, and you continue to save, and you buy another property. And you go live in that one as an owner owner occupied property. Right. You can do that and your rate will be lower compared to an investment property. You can generally put money less money down Mm because you're living in it. Right. So sometimes the quickest path to wealth is the longest path in the near term but winds up building cash flow for you over that time period. Right. And I think people go into real estate thinking, I've gotta buy an investment property, I gotta to listen to Grant Cardone, I can't own a property. No, stop treating your home like an investment that you're gonna come up with like a ton of equity in. Mm-hmm. Start treating your home like a property you're never gonna sell, but will cash flow. Mm-hmm. And get your mortgage payments down to a point where you can rent it out for more than your property costs you from a principal interest tax and an insurance payment. Yes, If that means when you buy, when you buy the property, and you're paying more in a mortgage payment than you otherwise could rent it out for, mm-hmm. then pay it down, wait, be patient, and refinance, and lower the rate or lower the payment.
1: Whenever the time comes.
0: re it, even if you got a higher rate, you can do that. Mm-hmm. And if you can get it low enough to where rent will cover the mortgage payment, don't sell the property. Continue to save, buy a new property, rent that property out, and continue to leapfrog.
1: Mm-hmm. Play the game of Monopoly.
0: Play the game of Monopoly over time. Yeah. The number one mistake I see people make is that they buy a property, they Mm -hmm. get a ton of equity, they sell that property, they buy a bigger property to move into, Mm -hmm. and guess what? Now your mortgage payment's bigger, all your equity's tied up in a bigger property, and your cash flow hasn't improved. It's gotten worse. Right. That's your hot take for the day.
1: Hot tip of the day, Mr. Charles Chamberlain Jr. All right now. All right. Anything else? You got anything else today? Ready for your vacation?
0: Stop it. I'm twerking. Twerking. Going from New York to Honolulu to Maui to back home in a week. We'll miss you, brother. With a 12-hour stop back home to see my wife and son. Such a good guy. Because I'm dedicated. Such a good guy. Now say goodnight so I can go home and see my wife. Goodnight, everybody. Bye. You choked the end? (laughs) I did. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts.